Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, 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 funny seeing you here. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. You probably know those things by now. We are beginning our fourth week. First three weeks have been highly successful, great reviews. I urge you to let me know on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL, if there's anything we could do better or any suggestions. Certainly uh, leave some comments and reviews on iTunes. That would be wonderful as well. Um other than that, let's uh, let's get rolling. You know, I hope all of you ha- I hope you guys had a great weekend. I did. I watched a lot of football, which you'll be happy to hear, I'm sure. Um, uh, we are going to go over as we are every Monday. Every Monday and Tuesday are going to be game reviews from this point, and I've told you that before. Um, but we are going to go over four different games in today's front four, and we are going to start with Miami and Dallas. So, Miami at Dallas. Romo started this game. Um, Tyron Smith did not. Ezekiel Elliott did not again. Obviously, they're not rushing those guys. There's no reason to get overly excited about it. Um, And the same story as last week is Dak Prescott. You know, he's what everyone's talking about. You know, and he played very well again. He, He threw... He overthrew someone for an interception while kind of throwing on the move. His feet weren't really set, and that got brought back from a roughing the, the, the quarterback penalty. So he kind of got lucky on that one. But really, that was his only error. I mean, he was very calm, very calm feet, very calm eyes, not frenetic in the pocket at all, very, uh, very impressive. You know, and, and Dolphins were bringing blitzes at him. I saw several six-man blitzes, and he didn't panic. You know, I, I think he's really the story of the preseason through two two weeks. And, you know, it gets magnified because there's been so much talk of does Dallas need a backup for this year and who's going to eventually secede Romo, and it's too early to say Dak Prescott's definitely those guys. It's two games, but this is as favorable as you could imagine. So, I mean, he threw this back shoulder laser throw to Butler. It was a great catch over his head. You know, offensive pass interference brought that brought that back. And then, you know, quickly after, he made a really good decision to with a lot of poise, and he tucked it and ran for a touchdown. So they ended up getting the touchdown anyway, either way. But, you know, he didn't look to run first. I mean, he did that as a, you know, as a last resort type of thing. And we know he can run. Um, overlooked probably in this game, though, was, was Tannehill played very, very well. I mean, I, I, I've been saying all along that I think the Dolphins' offense is going to be vastly improved and that their defense is going to be very bad. Um, mostly because I'm trusting Adam Gase, and I like a lot of the talent they brought in on that side of the ball, and I don't like what's going on on defense. And their defense struggled. You know, Alfred Morris ran all over them. Alfred Morris looks good, too. I mean, I, I wonder if that, you know, makes McFadden expendable. 
Uh, I would think the Redskins right now, especially with Matt Jones' injury, are looking at going, boy, we could have probably used Alfred Morris. But, you know, this was a, a, there was a lot to take away from this game. You know, uh, Kenny Stills, he's been showing up this preseason too. Tannehill seems to have an affinity for him. He's playing with the, you know, the basically the starters. and Not that he's a starting receiver, but he's running with the top dogs in multiple receiver sets. So, you know, Jordan Cameron is another player I think that looks good. He dropped a touchdown. Um, Miami's defense, though, I think really, really is a worry. Um, and Pouncey, the center, one of the best centers in the league, has a hip injury, and he is questionable for week one. That's a big deal because I don't really see an obvious replacement. be different if, you know, Brandon Albert was out and you put Tunsil back at left tackle, which I think they should have done from the beginning. I don't understand why he's playing guard, especially since Albert was a guard in college. Um, that makes me crazy. That's just something under my skin, but that's all right. Um, but this Pouncey injury is something to monitor. Obviously, he's the leader of that unit a stabilizing force, and very good at what he does. So keep an eye on that situation. But overall, good news for the Dolphins' offense, Tannehill in particular. Great news for the Cowboys' running game and their quarterback situation. So, you know, I look at both these teams and think, man, they're going to have to win shootouts. You know, I look at both sides of the ball on Dallas and Miami and like a lot of what's going on on offense – and really don't like the defensive personnel at all. So they're going to have to play differently, and Dallas will control the game with the running game and such. But uh, this, these two teams are going to have to be offensive-driven. Next game to discuss, Giants and Bills. But before we do, more bad Bills news. Seems like every podcaster, at least once a week, I am telling you something terrible about the Bills. And... Not only is Marcel Darius suspended for four games, but he is entering a rehab facility too. Um, first of all, I commend any young man or old man or old woman or whoever um, for getting help. I mean, if they have a situation that's bigger than them to go to a rehab facility, get their life in order, that's more important than football. I wish him all the best. Uh, but we're here to talk about football. And... He's the straw that serves the drink. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Uh, he's the most important Bills defender. He's very good versus a run, a force versus a pass. You know, he's a great player. He's a foundation player. We already knew he was going to miss four games, but I start to wonder if he goes to a rehab facility, is he going to be back after that first month or not? You know, is he going to be uh, checked in this rehab facility until he gets better or feels like he's better or is it a outpatient situation where he can come and go as he pleases I, I can't say I know the details but I mean you think of Johnny Manziel like you keep thinking to be back and he wouldn't because he's you know in these rehab facilities which again is more important than football but the Bills need him and the Bills need him in a bad way you know these are first three picks on front seven players uh, Washington the third round pick I would think will be Darius's immediate replacement at least to some degree um, particularly on passing downs although Jarrell worthy I, I kind of liked him coming to Michigan State a couple years ago he may have kind of refound himself in Buffalo and he's a pleasant surprise one of the good things to talk about in Buffalo and he played well in this game so maybe he and Washington will combine, you know, along with Kyle Williams to be a, some sort of rotation on the interior while Darius is out. Um, but Washington is undersized. 
he thinks he's Geno Atkins or Aaron Donald. You know, he's a gap penetrator, quick guy, smaller. But he's not as quick as them, and he's not as explosive as them. He's not as strong as them. He's not as good as them. But, I mean, he can be a useful pass rush player, but really doesn't have any value against the run. So that's the status of the Bills' interior D-line, which is a real problem because the linebackers aren't very good. The pass rush is still horrible. And they released Carlos Williams, which, you know, he also is facing suspension. He came to camp overweight because he says his wife was pregnant and they ate a lot together. Whatever. I mean, it's still his job to stay in football shape. Um, he was good last year, though. I, I mean, I think he will get picked up quickly by a team, although he's still going to have to you know, face that suspension. But the Bills have a lot of backs. Obviously, McCoy, they, they signed Bush. They have Gillisley. Uh, Gillisley actually took a shot to the head in this game and left. I haven't heard any more on Monday afternoon here around noon, any more about that, good or bad. Um, I'm very high, and I've said this over and over on the podcast, on Jonathan Williams. I think he's a second-round pick all day that only fell for injury reasons, and I think he will eventually be the Bills' lead back. So this Carlos Williams news isn't a, a death blow or anything to the Bills' running game, and they're going to run the ball probably more than any team in the league. So, But still, it's not good news. You know, you'd rather hear good things coming out of camp. But it does sound like Sammy Watkins will be around. That's That's impressive, or that's important. And what was impressive was I thought Tyrod Taylor played very, very well in this game, too. You know, thought he played very sharp, bought time really, really well with his legs, handled pressure really well, utilizes his running backs. And that's something I wanted to mention, too, is I think the Bills, even more than last year, you know, with Bush on board and as well as McCoy catches the ball, McCoy had a nice touchdown in this game. I think they're going to utilize their backs as receivers probably more than we've seen before. And part of it's because they're just average at tight end. Outside Watkins, their, their wideouts are very shaky. So I think that's something to expect. We may even see two running backs on the field at times. But the Giants offense, man, I mean, Odell had a nice play. They had one first down in the entire first half, the Giants offense. I mean, it was a miserable showing no matter who was out there. Uh, Nassib Nassib, I was, I'm not sure how to, how to pronounce his name. I always say that to you guys, sorry. Uh, he was terrible again. Um, Eli didn't do anything. I mean, everyone on offense except for Odell was horrible. And, man, I mean, th that's just a big red flag. Uh, a positive note for the Giants, Landon Collins. He was one of the early, early picks in last year's second round. Um, he looks like he's coming around. He made a lot of plays. He kept showing up over and over. I think he, you know, he had quite a few tackles around the football quite a bit. He's more, much more of a in-the-box pseudo linebacker type safety. But, you know, uh, he's if he's progressing and, and maybe he's getting better in coverage and whatnot, that's that's huge for them. Their, their secondary could use that. They're very young at safety. Um, another young corner for the Bills, Corey White kept showing up huge in this game too and I, you know we've done a lot of negative things about the Bills, but their corners are great, you know they go four or five deep of quality corners in Buffalo and if this Corey White is, is something, maybe he's had a good game but he's been talked about a lot in camp, that's kind of how I knew the name, so he's somebody to look at and again they're loaded a corner um, EJ Manuel I thought was up and down couple times it looked like him and his receivers just weren't on the same page. I'll kind of brush that off as preseason and backups playing with backups and who knows who's wrong. Um, but, you know, he's a backup. <laughs> I mean, backups playing with backups, he's a backup. 
Last guy that showed up here in my notes, Olivier Vernon. Again, you know, two weeks in a row. They're obviously not going to play him a ton in New York. He's a huge money guy. But that defensive line has a chance to be great. You know, I, I think JPP's in for a huge year. Um, guys like Hankins and Harrison and Adigizua. I mean, they have a lot of talent up front on that defensive line. As they often do. I mean, that's their philosophy is to get after the quarterback with four. And I think they're well-equipped to do so as well, stopping the run. So, Giants, a couple shiners on defense. You know, defensive line, Landon Collins. Offense was miserable. That's something to watch. I mean, you'd really like to see in the third preseason game, you know, which is more of a, you know, closer to reality. You'd really hope to see this offense step up a little bit. And, you know. We shall see. But uh, the Bills, you know, Tyrod Taylor, I, I think he's going to have a good year. So that's two down in the front four, and we got two more games to discuss. And I've said this, you know, pretty much every podcast, but it, you would be doing yourself a favor if you want to hear more about these games I'm talking about. You know, your favorite team, we didn't go in-depth enough, or I skipped over your team, and, yeah, I might get to them yet tomorrow, but we're not going to talk about every game. Um, definitely check on out the, the locked on network, you know, go find your favorite teams, podcast, locked on bears, locked on Vikings, whatever, and, and download it. And they're doing some great work there. I, I urge you very much to check that out and, you know, they go in depth about your team, you know, which is, I'm sure what you're after, but you're here to talk about the entire NFL with me, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. And since we got together, I hit that 50,000 Twitter mark. So thank you all for help. And I will not bring it up again. Nobody wants to hear about my Twitter following. But let's talk Denver-San Fran. A lot to take away from this game. You know, this is, as much as any two teams in the league, is quarterback competitions going on right now. And in San Fran, they have Gabbert, Ponder, and Kaepernick who all were high picks in the same draft, which is kind of funny, by different teams, obviously. Ponder played well. Kaepernick hasn't seen the field yet. I wonder if he's just going to be yesterday's news or if they're going to try to trade him or they're going to put him on injured reserve, basically like you know the Skins did with, with Robert Griffin III last year and let him fade away. But he needs to get on the field to have any chance in this. Um, Gabbert, I mean, he's fine. I didn't think he did a whole heck of a lot. Um, he was okay. Um, Driscoll came in as well, and then Ponder finished up after them. Um, but I gotta think this is Gabbard's job, you know. If if Kaepernick can't get on the field, you know, so there's that. Um, probably the more interesting one is the Sanchez Simeon Lynch competition. Sanchez played poorly, I thought. He fumbled, ball security, sort of typical for him, looked really rattled on at times. It wouldn't shock me if he's quickly relegated to third string on this team. You know, I just think that the other two are showing enough to say, man, I know who Sanchez is, and we can't throw him out there. You know, he, he's a liability. Um, Simeon looks good. You know, I'm coming around on this kid. You know, he started very poised, doesn't seem to get rattled easily, unlike Sanchez. Accurate. You know, catchable balls for run after the catch, which is a big predict. You know, a big part of this offense. And you know, the first drive, Denver, Denver. You know, with him throwing the ball and C.J. Anderson running through some big holes, they moved the ball really well. 
um, some good things with that group, you know. And then Paxton Lynch came in, and he looks good, too. I mean, clearly he has the most ability. He throws the football way better than either one of those guys. Um, he's a heck of an athlete, too. I mean, there's a play he got out of, got out of trouble, showed a lot of athletic ability and change of directions for such a tall guy, you know, to scramble and make a play with his feet. You know, that's rare for a six 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 seven type of guy, you know, athlete. I mean, he's a smooth mover. He's got a cannon. You know, he's throwing deep outs and comebacks, and I thought he played really well. Um, the quarterback, you know, his, his teammates didn't help him a lot. There were some drops, so his stats don't look quite as good as, you know, that as you know the tape does um, another guy to mention here on the Denver offense Virgil Green I think I mentioned to him right when we started doing this podcast I think he's going to have a nice year I think he's clearly going to be their top tight end receiving threat decent blocker already a good athlete uh, this offense loves to feature the tight end and I think he's the guy that will benefit from that uh, I think he's in for a very solid year, a major contributor, you know, because their their second, you know, their 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 backup, you know, depth receivers aren't wonderful. Although Latimer keeps showing up for them too. I mean, I'm kind of rooting for him. I liked him a lot coming out of school. Their running back situation: C.J. Anderson's a starter and he's playing really well. The O line I thought had a really good game, and that's extremely promising. I like the way Booker looks. I think he flit, fits in extremely well. I think he's clearly the number two right now. And I know they love Bibbs. You know, he's kind of a smaller guy. So where does that leave Ronnie Hillman? You know, is he trade bait? Is he going to get cut? Uh, I can see Hillman not being a Bronco this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, there's some other notes here. The Niners tight end also. I just talked about Virgil Green. McDonald, he's kind of been the, the darling of the preseason for this passing game. He may catch a lot of passes in this, this offense, too. I mean, their their receivers aren't wonderful. I think Ellington will catch a lot of balls. Torrey Smith's never been a target hog or a guy you throw to 10, 12 times a game. You know, he's more of a uh, shot play player. So that kind of leaves McDonald as somebody that could catch a lot of passes, along with their running backs. So he's intriguing. Um, Davis, speaking of the running backs, he had a tough game. He looked really good in week one. I thought he ran well in this one. He had two big two big fumbles after two big hits by Zaire, Zaire Anderson. Zaire Anderson is a guy I need to do more homework on. He is a inside linebacker for the Broncos, caused these two fumbles, and by all accounts is in line to be the starting inside linebacker next to Brandon Marshall with Trevathan now in um, Denver. That's probably a two-down roll because they play a lot of dime instead of nickel with only one linebacker on the field. But still, I mean, to step into the league's best defense as a starter, uh, Zaire Anderson is somebody for me to keep an eye out on, and I will get back to you when I learn more about him. But he could be a starter. But I think I still like Davis. I think Davis is going to be the backup to Hyde. I like the way he runs. He looks leaner. He looks more explosive. The two fumbles will be what everyone talks about, but... I mean, so he fumbled. Okay. You know, I mean, it happens. It was the preseason. Uh, I still think he's in line to have a very productive season, see the field quite a bit. Um, who else stood out here? Navarro Bowman. Navarro Bowman. He's like the only old guy on this team. You know, Joe Staley and Navarro Bowman. Are, each side has like their one old guy throwback from the glory days. But, man, he looks great. You know, they signed him the big money, which was an odd move. But, he, you know, began last season. A year ago at this time, he did not look healthy. 
And as the season went on, he got better and better. And now he looks back. You know, he looks very explosive around the ball. You know, he, he's he's going to be a Pro Bowl player for the, the Niners. Uh, Eric Reed had a nice break on the ball. Pick six of Simeon. Um, it didn't look like Simeon read the defense properly, the, the coverage properly. Uh, and Reed just basically broke on the ball, stepped in front of it, took it to the house. So learning experience for Simeon. Nice play by Reed. Reed's a good player. I'd like to see him step up and be a great player. I mean, I think he could be one of the better safeties in this league. Now he's probably the 12th best safety in the league, something like that. And he could be a better player than that. Not that he's a slacker or anything. Uh, Eli Harold was injured in this game. It's something just to keep an eye on. Um, but another outside linebacker for the Niners, another guy I need to do some more homework on, is Marcus Rush. So Rush linebacker, what a great name. Uh, he's a smaller dude, but man, is he explosive off the edge. He had three sacks in this game, later in the game. But I would think he's got this team made. You know, the little homework I've done on him, they've liked him a lot. Uh, didn't come in the league with a lot of pedigree or anything, but he is a pure speed, explosion, quick twitch, outside linebacker, rush linebacker. We're going to have to call him a rush linebacker. But Marcus Rush, keep an eye on him. Any other notes from this game? Scanning what I got here in front of me from watching. Um, I talked about Davis. I just want to mention again that I think Carlos Hyde's going to have a real big year. I think this running game is going to put up numbers. They're going to be a high-volume running game. Obviously, they're going to play fast. So I think that this, you know, the, the offensive line should be better than it was a year ago, which isn't saying a whole heck of a lot. And I'm not saying that the, the Niners are going to be a great team or anything, but I do think there's some things to get excited about here that they're not going to be an embarrassment. And I was worried they were going to be an embarrassment you know, a couple months ago. The last game to discuss on this fine Monday early afternoon is Houston and New Orleans. Uh, let's start with a little news surrounding the Saints. They released Keenan Lewis. You know, they signed him to pretty big money away from Pittsburgh a couple years, a couple off-seasons ago. He's had a litany of injuries since then, uh, lately, and I think that's the reason more or less that he has been released. He'll release somebody this time of year. Generally just means that they're just giving up on you and they don't think you're going to be able to play. And, and nobody scooped them up. There has been some talk here around Pittsburgh that, boy, he'd be great to add to the Steelers' secondary. And if he's healthy, he'd be great to add to any secondary. Uh, he's a good player with size and, you know, a quality track record. But I can't, can't comment on his injuries. I, I don't know. It looks like P.J. Williams last year's second-round pick will be Lewis's replacement off, opposite Delvin Bro. Delvin Bro played really well last year, if you don't know who that is. But they, they got him away from the Canadian Football League. He grew up in the Louisiana area, came home after playing in Canada, and I thought he was a very, very pleasant surprise on a dreadful defense last year. But P.J. Williams, uh, if you watch this game, you probably said, ooh, that's scary. Uh, Fuller beat him for a long touchdown, the rookie. Uh, Fuller's got crazy speed. Um, but other than that, I thought Williams had a very good game. So... Uh, he's not the fastest guy, but I think he'll be a quality starting corner for them. Their corner depth is a little concerning, especially because, you know, Lewis is no longer in the equation. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about the Houston uh, offense here. And, and Fuller's one to talk about. He's going to start. He's going to bring speed. Fuller was drafted in the first round for exactly that reason, as a massive compliment to DeAndre Hopkins. Despite his greatness, he's not a fast guy. But we talked about this before. The Texans obviously 
are trying to infuse the offense with weapons, particularly fast options. Fuller is going to be that guy. Reports have been highly positive on him out of camp. Um, and he looked good in this game. You know, he's not playing a ton. What's shocking to me, considering he was just a quarterback not too long ago, and watching him at the Senior Bowl, yeah, he showed up. But, uh, I mean, you obviously saw the quickness and the change of direction. But, you know, everyone was raving about him at the Senior Bowl. But he had like seven seconds to get open. Talking about Braxton Miller, of course, from Ohio State. He looks like he's going to be the third receiver. And that's interesting. I mean, they've been featuring him. He looks good in the preseason. I thought for sure it would be Jalen Strong, who I think is going to play plenty, and I think they like quite a bit. Uh, he's lost weight. So all of a sudden, it, it, I thought Miller would be like a red shirt this year that, you know, we're not going to hear much about him. But he's playing a lot, and it sounds like he's going to run with the starters, you know, in, in three receiver sets. So that's really encouraging. And I know he was a hard worker, former quarterback. I mean, those quarterbacks are. But, whew, I mean, that, that could be a heck of a group. And you guys know I'm not the hugest Osweiler fan. Um, Osweiler did have a really nice throw on that Fuller touchdown, by the way. I wanted to note that. And Houston's offensive line in this game was pretty much all replacement players. They basically had more or less one or zero starters, depending who you call starters in that group. Um, but the, the the weapon showed up for sure. So that is impressive. Um, still, the line worries me, to be honest with you. I mean, th- that's the thing uh, that worries me most about this offense, with the exec- exception of Osweiler. But I, I would say this is the best Osweiler has played uh, that I've ever seen him play. I, I thought you know, he threw a bad interception on a wobbly ball. It didn't look like it came out of his hands well. Uh, but I thought overall he played quite well, using all his weapons. Uh, Lamar Miller looked slithery, is the word I wrote down here. And, you know, made the first tackler miss. You know, his blocking wasn't all that good. Um, but I thought Miller had a good showing. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I mentioned Williams. He had a good game. Another A rookie, you know, another defensive back, a young defensive back, another Ohio State game. Von Bell was showing up in the game quite a bit. That would be a nice boost for them if he can come in and make an immediate impact. Another new addition, Nick Fairley, I thought had a very good game. And we know he can run hot and cold, but when he's hot, he's hard to block. (laughs) And again, this goes back to the Texans offensive line being a real worry area, particularly in this game. But, and overall for me, like I said, but Fairley, I think, is a really nice addition to this group especially with their first-round pick, injured Rankins. You know, Fairley might have to play more now. I thought he'd be more of a rotational player, which would fit him better. Not the greatest stamina, effort, play-after-play type of guy, but he can flash, that's for sure. Um, Really, the the star of this show was the Houston defense, though, without Watt. And they have a defensive lineman, Covington, who I've consistently said over and over that Boy, the, one of the weakest areas in football is the, the Houston defensive line, with the exception of Watt, obviously. Um, but Covington, a couple of Texans fans have said, you're sleeping on Covington. Covington's a pretty good player. And I knew who he was, but he looked good in this game. So my eyes are open. Maybe he's a better contributor, solid starter than I thought. Uh, Whitney Merciless has already proven to be a little bit more than that, a above-average starting outside linebacker. But Jadavian Clowney is the story here. Jadavian Clowney, wow. And I don't know if we've talked about Clowney or not, but he is, if I could pick any player, and this is even before this, that I think is going to burst on the scene into superstardom this year, I would pick Clowney. Loved him coming out of school, as everybody did. He was first overall pick. 
super powerful. Injuries have obviously been the issue, um, but he is a ridiculous physical specimen. Change of direction, power, speed to power, bend in the edge, changing directions. Few people seem to know it, but he's been very good versus the run. And the pass rush has been there, but it hasn't been over the top. I think it's going to be over the top this, in this, this year. I think he's ready to absolutely explode. And if he does, and assuming Watt is healthy, which I don't think we should assume, and who knows when he comes back, and you match it with really good corners, pretty decent safeties, pretty decent linebackers, a really good defensive mind in Romeo Cornell, there's a chance this will be the best defense in the league. And Clowney is the, the difference maker. You know, if him and Watt are out there and there's two elite players surrounded by five or six above-average starters and good schemes, look out. But I urge you to check out his highlights even in this game. He is just a dominant player, and they're blocking him with two and three guys, and he's still disruptive. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a star. So that's going to do it. Four games in the books to talk about. We'll do another four tomorrow. I'll probably watch one or two tonight. You know, I've got a couple more here in the banks here to talk about, too. Um, great talking with you again, though, and I hope to do it again tomorrow. Take care.